Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome back to episode 27 of Sound Pollution. This week, I interview the water supply. We are going to nerd out to some Star Trek. Uh, I know it's a little off topic for Sound Pollution, um, but he was part of a Star Trek podcast, and I'm a huge Star Trek fan, so I couldn't really resist it. Um, We're also going to talk about... uh, the EP that he released this year called Journal of the Plague Year. It's about his personal journey through the dark time uh, that we are all coming out of. And um, if, if you notice a little bit of levity or giggling, I think it's just um, awkwardness. It's it's still a hard thing to talk about it. And of course, no disrespect is meant to anybody who's been sick or lost anybody who was sick. So hang tight. I think you're really going to enjoy it. I'm going to do it. I don't typically talk about shows, although I have like alluded to Zoe's Extraordinary Life because okay. playlist because that show is amazing for musical reasons. But OK, so when I watched the first three episodes of the new Star Trek and I was just talking about this earlier. Uh, it's not just me. No, not Picard. I haven't watched Picard yet. Okay. okay. Discovery, I think. All right. So the last I heard we say not Picard, uh, Discovery. Okay. Yes. Um, because I'm huge, like, Star Trek. Like, I've watched them all yeah. until that. And then I was like, it took, I think it was three or four episodes, and I was like, this does not have the same yeah. writing tone. Am I wrong? No, I agree with you. I know a lot of people who do really like Discovery. And I mean, there are, especially towards the end of the season, I did start to like the characters a little bit more. Uh, But at the same time, I don't know. It felt, I felt like the premise of the season changed a bunch of times. Like sometimes it's about the Vulcans things, but then they go back in time and now they're having, you know, I don't know. It's trying to be arc based, but it felt very sloppy to me in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. I think there's, we're in, we're, we're in a different era of Star Trek. And, you know, if we, if we take the nineties Star Trek as a model in its way, uh, so, you know, you have next generation mm-hmm. is the yes. episodic Star Trek. That's the level setting. That's, this is what this world is. And then you have deep space nine, which is my personal favorite, which is, going deeper and going and exploring the world a bit more and, you know, deconstructing it in a bit of its ways. And I think Discovery was trying to do that a bit, but I didn't feel like it did a good enough job of establishing the world to deconstruct first. I mean, I just couldn't follow it. It was dark and very dry. And like, to me, even when Star Wars was serious, there was always that bit of levity in it. And it was, it's gone. It's all drama all action it's just and i just i don't know i went three or four episodes and i was like this i don't know what the fuck this is there was I, was one of, I had higher uh, hopes for picard but you you've made me worry <laughs> i yeah i mean both of them feel like i mean there is one episode of discovery the first season and i don't remember it's what it's called but it's a it's a harry mudd episode and he basically puts the ship on like a one minute time loop and they have to figure it out. And it is a classic bottle episode, Star Trekky. We've got a problem. There's a weird phenomenon. We got to solve it. And it was wonderful. And 
there was another episode later on that was another similar one where they're on a planet and weird stuff and they've got to figure it out. And one of the crew members is going mad, you know, and it's and I really liked that because that felt like the kinds of stories that Star Trek was telling. And while I, I of course, think that, of course, it should be able to try and tell different stories, right? Like, Mm -hmm. uh. I mean, that's why DS9 was so good, because it was trying to tell some very different stories. Um, It also felt it felt very unfocused. And I started the second season of it and I just couldn't continue with it. I don't know. Uh, I'm not not impressed. I guess I guess I'm old school. I was I was like, yeah, I just. I loved them all. I was not a Star Trek guy before doing the podcast, actually. I'd really, really only seen... Yeah, no, I'd really only seen a couple of episodes here and there, and I think Wrath of Khan, and like that. Um, and I liked it fine. You know, my dad liked Star Trek. I, Trek I, I liked it fine. My dad liked Star Trek and all of that, but... Um, I the the guy that I did the Trek about the podcast with um, was a huge Star Trek fan. And this was his he convinced me to to watch all of Star Trek and do a podcast about it. And we did for like <laughs> six years. <laughs> and, and we started with the original series and we watched every yes. single episode. The, the original out. series was great. Yeah. And cheesy. And but there were they touched on some serious social issues. It was great. Yeah, and I and I really like the and I mean when Next Generation tries to be that at first and doesn't and then realizes it's a character show and realizes because mm-hmm. again that is that is Star Trek trying to mm-hmm. tell other di- ki- types of stories with mm-hmm. uh, yeah and then and then I was I don't know I my dad is like watch it watch it watch it you love Star Trek yeah. and I, I tried. <laughs> I tried, but it's not right. It's wrong. And I want to love it so much just because of, like, the main character, but I can't. I just can't. Yeah. I don't like Star Wars either. I guess I'm a a weirdo. I like, you know, Star Wars because I was a little boy in the 80s. I got to love Star Wars, right? Like, there's still that that love for it. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I really like the humanism of Star Trek and the fact that I mean this is cheesy but Star Wars is always about the war right Star Trek is about the journey and the exploration and I I I I really appreciate that utopian vision of it the fact that it is Star Trek and Discovery when it is at its best does hit this it does hit this tone especially towards the end of the season where the Federation is a group of people who are competent at their jobs and really working in good faith to try and better for everybody. You know, it's the nice, it's the socialist revolution is the Federation in a lot of ways. Oh, you know, I never thought about it like that, but you're very right. Yeah. Like it, 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 and, um, have you ever heard of the writer Ian Banks? No. Okay. So he has a, uh, Ian at, he writes some novels as Ian Banks, and his sci-fi novels are as Ian M. Banks. So these are Ian M. Banks novels, and that's the branding. But uh, his um, his universe is called The Culture, and it is very much intended to be a an analog of the Federation. It's a technological utopian society. 
and it is also talk it also talks about the problems inherent with that and what it means to have a pure good society that wants to colonize everything else and there are a lot of there are a lot of tensions in that because you know the federation does go in good faith and the federation does uh you know want to make friends with everybody but does that file off the individualities of the cultures that it is assuming into itself um anyway that's basically uh but at the same time, it is an explicitly a socialist society where everybody has everything that they need and in order to do the most that they want to do. And, you know, I think that is to me where the message of Star Trek goes is, you know, how do we make that ideal into the world? Because I think we need a lot more of that ideal into the world. <laughs> right. No, I agree. And I never thought about it that way, but it totally is that. Well, that a lot of that does come from the guy I did the podcast with. You know, <laughs> You're like, has, me. <laughs> he's, he's, I mean, he's he got me really thinking in that in those terms in that way, yeah. Huh? But it's true. I never. Yeah. Now I'm gonna have to go back and listen to that, and now I'm gonna have to read these books. And listeners, before you get mad at me for not liking Star <laughs> Wars, I don't like Star Wars. I tried. I've seen every single movie I don't like them I tried do not write me hate mail because I'm not gonna fucking respond it's a music podcast this was just for me because it's like I got a musician and a trekkie kind of like cool let's do this <laughs> um and you said the name was Ian Banks I'm gonna have to look that up because I bet I'd, re I'd like that yeah yeah no um I would start uh, – there's a book of his called The Player of Games which is the one that I would start with in the series it's the second the but the player of games. Hmm. Yeah, it starts at it's the second book in the series, but it's kind of the best introduction, generally considered. Oh, okay. There you go. All right. So don't write me hate mail, guys. I don't care if you like Star Wars. Um because <laughs> I'm sure I'm gonna get it. If They're gonna do, be like, what's wrong with you? You know, just respond, live long and prosper, and then just send it off, and then just that's it. <laughs> yes, that is the best question, the best answer ever. All right, so I didn't introduce you guys. This is uh, the water supply. I'm oh, I better edit this out because I wasn't sure if you wanted to go by your name or not. This is this is the big question that I'm working on because I mean. Like, the water supply is my nine-inch nails, right? Like, right. it's me and whoever is around me, and so far right now, it's just me. So, uh, Richard from the water supply, Richard, Let's a.k.a. the water supply, something like we'll that. Just, and you know what? I won't even edit that out. I'm just, that was perfect. Okay. Leave there that in. <laughs> and we are going to just jump right in real quick. And I wanted to ask you, okay, so I'm not going to lie. I, I have listened um, to a little bit of, of every track on your uh, EP, which, by the way, what was the name of it? The, the Plague. Oh, Journal of the Plague. The Journal of the Plague Year. If the titles of these songs don't make people want to listen, I don't know what will. My favorite title was uh, Light and Bleach. <laughs> which i'm a terrible person because it just took me back to something and then um oh my god why did i close it because i can't remember it i'm so sorry it's been such a weird couple of weeks oh um oh my god they're all 
Couple, yeah, right. No, we don't. We, you know, here was hoping that 2020 would be better and uh, our 2021 would be better. And it's like 2020 never ended. Um, be calling a play year was optimistic. <laughs> technically, we are only on 11 months. Oh, so God, it's, it's true. Yeah. I mean, March, March 11th was the last day that I worked. So, yeah, oh. we're not quite on a year. Have you have you been able to work from home? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, oh, okay, I, okay. so I was a cook before I, you know, when, when this all happened. So, uh, yeah, the restaurant closed for a while, and uh, I just did not want to go back to cooking in this particular. And I mean, it's I don't no. want. I I I I have been very fortunate. I have been very lucky. I've been able to make it out ends meet and all of that. Uh so, uh, you know, I know I do realize this is a little bit uh, spoiled of me in a way to say, like, I didn't want to go back to the kitchen, but I didn't want to go back to the kitchen. Um, and yeah. I yeah, so I've been um, I work in transcription now and it's great. I just sit back and just type what people say. And it's just it feels like there's people around me all the time now. And it's great. Oh, man. How'd you get how'd you get that gig? Um, it was very random. I did, I did that for a while in New York, basically in New York, I, uh, did whatever job was, you know, around, you know, just tussled for six years and it was great. Uh, and then it was horrible, but, um, <laughs> yeah. So it, anyway, I just, you know, found it online. It's, it's, I have a talent for being able to find a job when I need to, I guess. Well, I want to talk about, since we're talking about, uh, oh. Kitchen, when the flavors left, the food made me giggle. Did you end up getting Corona or were you lucky? No, I was very lucky. Oh, I, 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 I have been lucky. Uh, yeah, but I have barely left the house. And I mean, that's kind of the place that the album is coming to that, from. Yes. Yeah, I mean, this is an album about developing agoraphobia, right? Like, this is an album about <laughs> suddenly realizing, like, I... I I have had a lot of, you know, people in my life with anxiety and agoraphobia issues, and I haven't always been the kindest about it. And this year has really made this year has been translations of a lot of things about, you know, what a plague would be like. The title of the uh, Journal of the Plague Year actually comes from a book by Daniel Defoe that I read in uh, college about uh, the plague in London in 1665. And it was this very weird book about all these weird, you know, all these superstitions and how apocalyptic. And you think, like, I would never have any idea what that would be like. And right. here it comes 20 to Sunday. OK, let's explain this metaphor to you. You know, let's let's. You know, <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, you know, gee, you know, you, you like reading a lot of Lovecraftian stuff, you know, but hey, a, a, a weird cult that worships, you know, an amorphous evil deity of plague that would never happen okay well here we go you know yeah yeah no like and complete with baby eating vampires yeah you know know, (laughs) we we just we decided if we were gonna do it we were gonna yeah yeah Yeah, let's let's resurrect blood libel why not (laughs) why not you know i mean i when my professor explained you know blood libel it to me like i laughed like who who would ever believe that that's the stupidest thing ew but and a whole (laughs) bunch of people is the answer oh my god god. i'm sorry I try to steer away from that, but sometimes it's like, can anybody really believe we just lived through this? 
Like we lived through this. We saw everything that happened was real. Yeah. There were times where I would wake up and be like, maybe it was all a nightmare. Yeah. Like no, terrible, no. terrible dream. And I turn on the news and I'm like, nope, there are still hundreds and thousands of people dying. This is really happening. Like, yeah. you know, it was it was insanity. And I, yeah. it was funny. You talk about how, like, you you've dealt with people with anxiety and agoraphobia. I have a uh, panic disorder, yeah. like a pretty yeah. severe panic disorder. Oh, oh. I got it fairly under control after like 15 years of work, yeah. but yeah, it's yeah. still very real. And I made a joke at my anxiety meeting. I was like, dude, I feel like we've been training for this yeah. and no one else knows how to deal with it, but we've been doing this forever. <laughs> no, I, this is I every day. Agree. I agree. Like I, I have from more of the depression side of that. And it's like you wake up, you know, like, why am I sad? Why am I not feeling good? Like I have a job. I have friends. I have, you know, I have the and then, you know, now you have the answer. Oh, well, there's a pandemic that, you know, leadership has collapsed and, you know, all these people are dying. Oh, that OK, good. I finally have an answer to this question. Like it, right. it, it, my what? feelings are actually appropriate. <laughs> yeah, they're not for no reason. Yeah. It's a. <laughs> yeah, it was weird. I was like, I mean, I always have been kind of a germaphobe and I, yeah. it's, it's just cause it helps keep my anxiety down. They often yeah, yeah, go yeah. together and like, it's paying off in my favor, you know, like it's not a big deal to me to wash my hands two or three times after something. And everybody else is like, I can't get my hands clean enough. What if I touch my face? And I'm like, welcome to my world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Doesn't it suck? <laughs> yeah, checking that doorknob two or three times doesn't seem so far-fetched there, does it? <laughs> you know, as a cook, I was trained to wash my hands a lot, and I'm not a germaphobic person, but, like, I got into that habit. And, yeah, like, everybody, like, you take classes on how to wash your yes, hands, and now everybody needs to learn this now? Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it always cracked me up, too. I was like, I feel like we all learned this in first grade. Yeah, like they tried yeah. in kindergarten, but we were gross. We still picked our nose. Now we're in first grade. <laughs> I was like, "Welcome to my world of anxiety and hell." Yeah, no, it's 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 fun, and you know, it's a bumpy ride. <laughs> I don't, you know, I I keep saying like, "All right, the vaccines in sight," and like that's you know. I know there's the one side of me that's like, work, everything's going to be great, and we're going to have a party summer, it's been fun, and then there's the real part of me that's like, you're going to be scared for the rest of your life. (laughs) Yeah, like, there is long-term damage. You will never shake somebody's hand the same way again. Like, I don't know if I'll ever be able to do it. No, I know. It's, it's... ah. I'm like, what's human touch? I do not know. (laughs) I don't remember. (laughs) Like, like, yeah, and it's going to be it's going to be kind of funny. They're saying that, you know, we may get a new roaring 20s and like once, you know, if we get through this, then, you know, and everything's happy and we get nice weather in the summer, like maybe it will be fun again. Who knows? I like to be I try to be optimistic again, Star Trek, but. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So the one other title I want to ask you about before we dive into the songs that you actually sent me, and this is for my own personal, I have a gamer daughter. So Breakfast in Skyrim, is that like you trying to be social on video games? Is that what that? So this this is a song that I have been wanting and I have been, I've had that title Breakfast in Skyrim for like 
how old? Uh, for about eight years, actually. Um, my 30th birthday was the first time I ever dropped acid. And I uh, was with a my band at the time and a bunch of friends. And uh, I was it was the very end point of the night. And uh, oh, you I, it at the beginning. You waited till right. Oh, no. So, well, I, I and um very no no I'm sorry like it was the end of the acid night like we were I was ready to go to oh bed. You were, okay misunderstood yeah 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 no 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 um I I have had nights where it's like five o'clock and I've decided oh let's start this now yeah let's but you know those have not <laughs> those have not been for a while I'm a morning person now it's crazy but um age is a bitch isn't it oh. <laughs> I'm hoping when I turn 40, it clicks back and I become a night person again because I really missed that. But uh, but you enjoy almost... mornings, don't you? We I was just talking about this to somebody else. I was like, oh. I get up at 7:30 and I'm not even trying. You have, you know, it's dark and you have your coffee and no one. Yeah, it's hey, <laughs> the dog. Um, no, so. <laughs> But, you know, and I said to anyway, I was tired and I said for my friend, I'm ready to go home. I want to just have breakfast and I'm going to go and play Skyrim. So and you said, oh, we'll get you your breakfast in Skyrim. And that felt just so deep to me at the moment. <laughs> and, and I've been trying to write something under that title for a bunch of years. And so finally, I got to the point where it's in the pandemic and all I am doing is playing video games and smoking pot and just watching TV and doing nothing. And, you know, yeah. watching you, you never thought you'd watch. Yeah. <laughs> thought that the tiger King was what America yeah. bond over during a pandemic and a <laughs> revolution. We all, <laughs> do you feel disappointed that the tiger game King never got that pardon, by the way? Like I, I, I feel like that, sh that would have been a really nice bookend. Just the, the writing degree in me says that that bow should have been tied. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A little bit, a little bit. I mean, it's just, it, it's, you know, and she's, she's not in jail and I really, I can't. <laughs> I just, I do. And I have dark jokes because of it. Like I wake up in the morning, you know, when my daughter's still asleep and I pet the cat and I'm like, hello, all you cute cats and kittens. And I giggle to myself. <laughs> no one else is with me. <laughs> the things. So, yeah. Um, so did you write this whole album during all of this? Uh, yeah. when, when did it hit so, you? Um, uh, oh, let me think. Uh, Flavors Left the Food was a couple years old and that's, um, Another acid-related song, actually. Um, I do too many psychedelics. Um, but, but that was one that I actually wrote Never. during a trip, and it's like the most straightforward, like, blues riff song that I've written. And I, you know, uh, but that was a very post-apocalyptic vision that I had had while I was, that was the one, like, actively bad trip that I've had in my life, I would say. And oh. Yeah, it came, it turned into a very just dark apocalyptic song and I didn't know where it came from. And when I started right, you know, into this album, I realized, OK, this fits perfectly here. This is, you know, this this was a song that came from the future. Oh, boy. You know, yeah. also <laughs> um, weird. <laughs> well, you know, I think and cool. <laughs> I, I, I write obviously I write a lot of harmonies and I, I like to think about like 
where the harmonies come from. Like, there, <laughs> who, who is singing this? If this is a band where there's, like, 20 people singing at once, like, who are all of they? And one of the ways in which I imagined a lot of the songs on this album was being written by different versions of myself. Like, you have the different points in your life where I could have made this decision. I should have, if I had gone to school here or uh, if I'd married that person or if I'd taken that job, right? And you think, where did your life branch? You know, what is the, who is that person that you could have been? Um, mm. and, and I mean, like all the time you're thinking like, oh, would my life have been better? Would my life have been worse? And when the pandemic hit, I realized like, this is the thing that's fucking all of us. Like no matter which... <laughs> version of me the version of me that's in a gutter and the version of me that's you know in a mansion somewhere we are all affected in some way by this pandemic and it's it's sucking equally yeah we are all at home (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean some of of our you know some of those guys homes are better than mine but like you know still we yeah we are all at home uh we are all being restricted in some way and so a lot of the songs kind of came from uh I, I imagined it would be the songs that different versions of myself would have written. Okay. And, and so, I mean, I think that is, you know, when the flavors left the food is from the version uh, that got even worse, right? Like, because this thing could have been worse. And, you know, I don't know if that's, I guess that's the glass half full way of looking at it all. And it's the one I want to be. So, but on the other hand, is that, disrespectful i don't know i don't know i mean <laughs> but it's good to question those things about yourself because it's, it's gutsy to question yourself and what you think and how you believe and what could have been and what is and hey we all kind of are sitting sitting and waiting when the flavors left the food just what to do it seems my diet came clear the day that flavor disappeared and don't I know just what to do writing music um 
I mean, I played piano all as a as a kid. We had, you know, piano in the house and, you know, I had lessons and all of that. But I never really loved music until I was about 13 or 14. And I guess that's still young, too. That's when I got into rock and roll. That's when I got into Nirvana and the Smashing Pumpkins and Nine Inch Nails and all of those yeah. really young. You know, all the really songwritery heavy bands of the 90s, all of that grunge, all of that, you know, yelling I loved. Uh, and I got, I stole my dad's guitar and I, uh, you know, and I, you know, so I think my first real songs I started writing about age 14. Uh, had my first band when I was about 15, 16, and uh, I've been doing stuff on and off since. Was there like an aha moment for you ever where you were like, there's no turning back now. This has to be part of me. You know, I, 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 I'm not sure of a moment, but you know, it's, it's just always, I guess it was young enough that it always does feel like something that I've done. I've always been thinking in terms of, you know, music has always been a really good way of expressing certain sets of feelings for me. And Oh boy, when I was a teenager, did I have big feelings and, <laughs> and a general uh, disdain for adults. <laughs> oh God, everybody, <laughs> um, you know, freshman year of high school though, I was, you know, pretty badly bullied. And it was the, I would come home and I would just play guitar and, you know, write, songs and that was a way that I was able to deal with all of that and you know then I started playing in bands with people and it did feel just really good you know like there really is nothing like your band playing a song you wrote right like well how would you describe your sound um for this album in particular I guess what I had in my head was ELO meets uh Sebado in some ways like I wanted the big harmony uh sound and also that real just scruffiness because I mean this is uh, this is recorded in my garage I like having a very lo-fi and fuzzy and frankly fucked up and uh you know dirty sound to me I mean there is a there is a rawness that I feel a you know about things that cannot sound too polished right like right. my my backing vocals have to forget my lyrics at points you know i have to go off key at certain points my voice has to crack you know my guitar has to just sound slurry because like this is 2020 and we're in a pandemic you know <laughs> right so you were going for a very specific kind of almost grungy offsetting sound i could definitely hear your uh your 90s rock influences for sure I kind well, like of I, I really only know two chords and an octave uh, solo. So <laughs> that music is a very album-oriented thing for me. It's not necessarily uh, a live performance thing. It's not necessarily a video thing for me. Like the canonical is the album, and mm-hmm. you know, when I was fourteen, fifteen, you know, just high school, it's like looking through the art. I mean, I loved that, you know. Yeah. I, analyzing the lyrics and what does Billy Corgan really mean? And as an adult, I know what that question sounds like, but like, as <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, it's funny. It's actually, Oh my gosh. I'd never thought of that. If you look back on those albums that we grew up listening to and really get into the lyrics now, we probably, they probably mean something completely different to us now. 
Because when I heard, like, uh, despite all my rage, I'm still just a rat in a cage. Oh. Like, yeah, fuck high school. But now as an adult, I'm like, oh, that's sad. This song's yeah. sad. <laughs> it's not angry. It's sad. <laughs> yeah, no, like, Downward Spiral by Nine Inch Nails, like, as as I was like, yeah, it's so badass. And it's terrifying. It's 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 just it's such a... It's like worst case scenario. Oh, yeah, I know. Like, like... I don't think I should have been allowed to listen to this. I, I if I knew, I would not have let me listen to that quite at that age. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me about uh, bad things. This was my strutting down the street song. Um, so it's it's staying alive by the Bee Gees, right? Like has mm-hmm. is if. It's, yeah, disco and, yeah, cool, and if you listen to the lyrics, it's about being, you know, just struggling to survive in New York City, and it sucks. Like, it's a bleak song. I I mean, this is, this was another, like, big 90s thing. Like, Love Fool by the Cardigans was, like, blew my little head to, like, but it's a happy song, but it's just sad lyrics? That's crazy, you know? Yeah. And I love that kind of a contrast, and... um. You know, the other thing about staying alive is at that 120 beats per minute, that's, you, you know, about the CPR thing and that, um, if you give chest compressions to the beat of yes, staying alive, I, I've that's been trained on it. I've been, yes. So yeah. a, as I'm walking down the street and waiting to die either by getting COVID or by getting hit by a car or somebody <laughs> shooting me, I'm going down the street and what if I get some cancer? If I get a heart attack, if I get a stroke, and like, and so it was like the big catchy the song anxiety, that I walked down I heard the street. it. I was like, this is the best anxiety song ever. You know, just my brain. It was a song I was a little scared to write because it felt really dark. And like, I know I write dark songs, and I've always felt a little bad about that because you know, you want to, you know, you want, you don't want to bum people out, but on the same time, again, I'm still that teenager who has a lot of feelings, and <laughs> so that was the, uh, that was the impetus between behind writing that song, and it just was everything I was scared of when I would go to the grocery store. Keep on keeping them safe and keep on keeping them fit and keep 
happen. Bad things that could happen. Uh, so I I know you said you did in the past, but are you currently writing or playing with anybody else? Uh, not at the moment. I've been talking to an old guitarist of mine and, you know, maybe going to work on a song or two. I would love to be collabing with some people. You know, that's that's the other thing. Like every practice space I've been in has been tiny and poorly ventilated. So maybe not really at this time. I don't know. So. Well, I mean, it is great that we live in an age where you can kind of write. You can, like, send each other MP3s back. I mean, there's that. Um, Yeah, and and like I said, you know, I'm going to probably get end up doing some kind of postal service thing for, you know, a couple things with a friend. I mean, at this point, I have been really in my, you know, this album was very much about being in my own head and being shut up. And it needed to be very insular. And I'm not looking to be quite so insular right now and you know the stuff that i've been working on lately i need to sprawl out a little bit i'm not a really good at the drums and the beats if i could get anything it would be a drummer it would be somebody who could actually yeah. make yeah, because yeah i mean i'm using garage band i'm you know self-producing and it's maybe perhaps limited with a lot without a lot of finicky fiddling around so i would love to find someone to do the fiddly finicking around stuff (laughs) (laughs) i I love that the finicky fiddling around stuff yeah yeah (laughs) that's good that's a song yeah there's a song in there no no i'm not going to be able to sing that (laughs) you know what that is a tongue twister i hear i was sitting here like could i do it would i be able to I mean, I think I could if I could practice enough. I don't know. Show me a message. You never it's, know. You're right. You're right. Practice. Practice is practice what we makes need to perfect, do. or at least tolerable. I'm so lazy. <laughs> it's hard not to be right now when you're just no. stuck at home. If you could collaborate with anybody, who would it be? Oh God. A library. Um, God, I have to get a cool answer, don't I? Um, you got to give an honest answer. That's a hard question. Yeah, this is a very hard question. I mean, I'm thinking in terms of production. I mean, when I when I was, uh, you know, growing up, and I mean, this is the big Nirvana fan in me. I always wanted to work with Steve Albini. I know he might be probably an asshole, but like, I really like the idea of. That's a good you know, answer. He's putting a microphone in a place, and I, I, you know, somebody who would help me get a very raw sound, but at the same time, like, who would know how to somebody you can make lo-fi better, right? Like, because mm-hmm. there, you know, my, a lot of my lo-fi right now is very, uh, you know, cobbled together. Uh, I've never really had any proper production lessons. You know, I've just kind of been fiddling with figuring out how to do studio stuff for, you know, 20 years. And this is what I got. And I mean, I think it sounds okay, but, uh, you, it think, it sounds, good. you think it sounds okay. Here we are. Um, <laughs> But at the same time, Albini doesn't like to do overdubs, and I love overdubbing. Just there is no, there is nothing cannot that cannot be solved by not adding by adding another vocal track, right? <laughs> uh, tell me about uh, uh, the gift. Yeah, no. So this is actually the last song that I had written for the album, and it is very much a song about just being tired. Like the lyrics feel 
very exhausted and almost a little cliche. I mean, that chorus of, you know, yes. every day is a gift. And, you know, this was at the point when I'm just, you know, you're waking up and you're having the same day again, you know, and you should feel grateful, right? Because I have my health. I have my, I'm waking up in a house. I have food in this house. Like these are things that I cannot ignore and that right. I need to keep very prime. And at the same time, I miss all my friends. I haven't seen my parents in a couple of years. You know, I was planning on visiting this in 2020. There that, there that went. Um, yeah. <laughs> and right there with you. Right you know, there with you. Oh, yeah. It got very guitar-y because this was the kind of shut up and play your guitar. Mo like, this was just the, I'm just tired of saying things. Like, at this point, we get it, right? Like... This is, this sucks. This is just sucks. And it's sad. And I'm tired. I, I, when I write songs, I do a lot of mumbles. Like I, 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 you know, my old guitarist called it rich language. And, you know, because I, I write lyrics are the last thing that I usually write. And so like, usually I will either have, I'll either start with a mantra. And in this case was the each day is a gift bit. Like there is a, uh, there, there's a, demo version of this which is about like two minutes of just that course over and over again and that was a very fun day that I recorded that but <laughs> <laughs> um you know I'll either go with my and then I'll just like slur and do random you know just uh, blah, 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 and you know whatever it sounds like uh will kind of coalesce into lyrics so what do you like most about music I like music that feels very solid and present and like a I like the concept album I will always love that I love when you know the songs are created to live in a little house together right and you have a piece and you have this you know it's an hour of so, so you know if we're talking about something like a you know Yankee Hotel Foxtrot or uh The Moon in Antarctica by Modest Mouse or um you know Songs for the Death by Queens of the Stone Age you know this this is just this little world and this very specific distillation of some emotions or feelings that maybe can't really be expressed otherwise and in, when, when an album really hits it like that for me it's just this very primal thing like that and you know you know for I didn't know if I writing this album I could never necessarily give like I don't have it in me to write a album to give people hope through this right like i i'm not going to be able to write the big cheery anthem but uh i think what i was trying to do with this album was to at least be like yeah this sucks and yeah at least you know as you said like i was glad that i you know with the gift thing i'm glad you were able to hit that like yeah i felt it, it this sucks for me too like because that that has been the that's what got me i mean you talked about Bullet with Butterfly Wings earlier, right? I mean, like, that that was the song that made me love music. Uh, when I saw that video, that was just the coolest thing I'd ever seen. And, you know, going through high school, going through anything of life, you know, for the past, you know, since then, um, music is the thing that's like, well, this is, you're not in untrod territory. Somebody else at least for a bit, because, you know, not all the, you know, Kurt Cobain didn't exactly survive everything, but at least for that uh -oh. bit. Right. This, this is this, this is a recording 
this is a definitive proof that somebody had that emotion processed it and felt it and was able to convey it. And that at least is something really beautiful to me. for you today because i've kept you for so long i'm so sorry and then you like had to wait for me i just can't oh no no this is just like every day is a gift no every day is a gift but it's sometimes you know it's fucking socks in the box and i really you know something you know it's rainy and wintry out there and a nice pair of warm socks could probably be really nice about now i love this let's let's try it that's fantastic that's true it's just like at some point i realized like the assholes in charge are trying to make me despair and maybe i'm not really optimistic but i'm at least punk rock and defiant so i can pretend to be happy because fuck you 
Fuck you. I'm going to enjoy it. I am going to enjoy the thank you for the socks. They are beautiful socks. You just made her whole day. That's what it feels like, man. You're just like, I just, you know what? Fuck you. I'm going to just, it's full. The glasses have full, damn it. This sock could be a puppet and it's my friend. Exactly. I love him. Okay, final question though. What advice would you give to somebody who wants to get into music? There is a lot about music that is really validating and attention seeking, right? Like I, I you're going on a stage and you're playing a song you wrote for people to listen to and you're singing it. Like that that's that's a bid for attention and that can be really positive. But the parts that have frustrated me the most was when you ex- when you write the song that you expect everyone to love you for, you know, if you mm-hmm. write, if you're doing something to get that sense of love and validation, you will always be disappointed. You have to be. I, I it's the thing that I'm bad at always. I am bad at doing the act in itself. But at the same time, I what I always did love about music was the ability for it to be something that I could do to, I don't know, I'm, I'm explaining this kind of poorly, but it's been, recording in my garage has felt really good. Being by myself with my little laptop and my guitar and, you know, just making it happen has felt good. And I guess, I don't know, that's, that's, that's where you go. So you do you do what feels right instead of what everybody else is doing. I think so, yeah, because I have certainly taken too much criticism to heart, right? Like the there's yeah. always people there's the people in your life who are who who will never believe in you, and you know there may be only one of those, and you may have twenty people who are cheering you on. I've always listened to the one and cut that one out of your life. <laughs> Do you? Haters gonna hate. Haters gonna hate. I guess I gotta, yeah. I like that. I think that's just, I mean, it's just very cut and dry, you know, like, you know, there's, there's gear you could buy, there's ways you could practice this, that, and the other, but if you're not, if you're not true to yourself, and you're not getting rid of the naysayers, or or at least ignoring the naysayers around you, it's not gonna matter. I think so. That sounds like a good thing. Yeah, we'll go with that. Yeah, that sounds like a great Uh, way to get kids with. Um, is there anything else that you would like to add on? I mean, like, uh, yeah, so, uh, I'm, I'm not really a social, well, number one, I got kicked off of Twitter, but, uh, that's a different, uh, Light and Bleach was actually partially about that because apparently the president can tell people to inject bleach and it's medical advice, but I tell the president to inject bleach and that, then that gets me banned off of social media. So that's, that's, uh, don't do that, kids. (laughs) Don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah that maybe that's the most salient advice that i that's actually probably a little that's more pretty good you know be careful with what you say and where you say it that's always important um i've got my uh my album journal the play year is on Bandcamp. you can go to the water um if you want to listen to the star trek podcast that i mentioned that's trekaboutshow.com uh, I write interactive fiction. That's thewatersupply.itch.io. And I assume you'll have all these links on your description on the podcast. Absolutely. I'm there we go. I'll be looking into your writing, too, because I, 
got a lot of time to read right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Wear a mask, everybody, and uh, get the vaccine when it's available to you. I mean, this this is the other thing that, like, you know, listen, I uh, the vaccine is one of the less toxic things that I've put into my body over the years. And that's all, you I, know, like. <laughs> I've woken up in fields, like, without yeah. knowledge of how I got there. <laughs> After a bonfire party, I'm pretty sure I took something that was not good. You know, it's possible we, uh, we you know, our bodies are hostile environments to it but let's get the vaccine anyway <laughs> thank you so much for agreeing thank to you. do this and working so oh, so wonderfully with, with i me. had a really fun time this is great i appreciate it all right that was episode 27 with the water supply thank you so much for stopping by to listen this monday i appreciate all my listeners I hope you enjoyed the show. For more information about the water supply, of course, drop down to the descriptions below. Please remember to like, follow, and subscribe to Sound Pollution on any of the listening platforms you are using. And uh, share, share, share away. I appreciate you. Remember, be kind, make some noise.